a complex world brimming with new ambitions, the best leaders create the best workplaces. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, where you can hear real stories about digital capabilities and a culture of empowerment with your host, Joanne Meyer. So welcome to the Oil & Gas Global Network's Digital Doers podcast. If this is your first time here, we're, we're really glad that you uh, found the right buttons on your keyboard or phone and, uh, and, and are joining us. If not, uh, welcome back. We've got a really interesting uh, young man with us today. And many times here on the Digital Doers, we, we talk with folks that are out doing, uh, you know, uh, on the cutting edge and, and doing something exciting and it's brand new, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what we're going to find today is sometimes there's a great deal of value in not doing something new, but doing what's always been done a whole lot better. And I think that's what uh, we're going to hear today from Vivek Nodig. He's going to talk to us about Wellsite LMS, and I think he's got a great story. In addition, he's another Sooner. So this is like two episodes in a row when I've had an opportunity to actually sit down and learn from some of the great things that uh, are coming from people who came out of the Sooner State, University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, and all that kind of stuff. So really excited to have him on today. But before I we get into this, I do want to say... Uh, a few words about our sponsor, hpe.com. And if you get a chance, go to their website, hpe.com is where you'll find them. And in particular, take a look at their new platform. It's called HPE GreenLake. And it's all, they call it their edge to cloud platform. And it's all about bringing the cloud experience to you at your edges, co-locations, wherever your data and apps reside. Really, they want to give you that cloud experience, whether you're on-prem or, or in, in the public cloud. So one of the key features is the ability to manage and configure from a single location all your shared services and assets across the IT inventory. Also, it gives you the opportunity to comprehensively track the consumption to actually see the investments that you've made in IT. Who's using it? How often are they using it? Are you getting the uh, uptake and the adoption that you need? So go check out GreenLake at hpe.com. Also, just to say thank you for uh, the folks at OGGN, um, the Oil and Gas Global Network. It is the largest uh, network or the largest community of oil and the largest network community, something like that, of uh, oil and gas podcasts. And uh, um, our fearless leader, Mark LaCour, tells us that we're going to hit about 3 million downloads of um, – not just the digital doers, but we have 15 different podcasts and uh, all of those together. But that's still a whole lot of people out there from all around the world that are that are listening to folks like Vivek talk about how he's using digital to uh, help folks in the oil patch do things a little better. So with that, I do want to turn it over to Vivek, and he is the co-founder and partner at Wellsite LMS. So welcome, Vivek. Thank you for having me, Joanne. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so I'm very excited to hear about this. Vivek's background matches mine a little bit in that we started. Uh, we, we got our education at the same place, and we kind of started 
uh, in the same type of roles. I started as a summer intern in the field and and uh, Vivek did as well, and then moved on to be like a production or field engineer. And so Vivek, tell us a little bit about how you started and then how you got from um, starting out uh, in uh, like a production or field engineer and got all the way to founding a, a tech uh, company. Absolutely. Thanks, Joanne, for that intro and Boomer Sooner, of course. So uh, my background is chemical engineering. I graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 2013. And uh, at that point, you know, really wanted to get into the oil and gas industry. So went to work for Chesapeake Energy as a facilities and operations engineer. And so when I came into Chesapeake, I was pretty adamant that I wanted to just have as much field experience as possible. And I was lucky in that you know, aside from the first few months of of my first year, I got to spend the majority of my five years with Chesapeake working in South Texas uh, in our Eagleford operations group. And while I was there, you know, did a lot of new facility construction projects, artificial lift optimization, set up preventive maintenance programs, but also spent just a lot of time on site troubleshooting our largest facilities, starting up new facilities, Uh, Just because at the time, prices were extremely low, oil prices and commodity prices in general. And it was very much an environment of we needed to get every single barrel out of the ground as possible. And so as kind of the the ops engineer over an area, the direction was stay out on location, work with whoever you have to, and just get, get barrels out of the ground any way that you can. And so through that experience, you know, I just got one, a, a great sense of how field operations are, are supposed to work Two, you know, the opportunity to work with a, a wide variety of stakeholders from our, our field management to our lease operators. And then three, you know, and probably most importantly for me was just understanding the importance of setting up your operators and technicians and, and your field staff in general for success. And as part of that, you know, one aspect of my job was actually setting up trainings for our lease operators. And and that took the form of either, you know, showing them cutaways of our latest equipment, uh, both on the facilities or artificial lift side of things, or meeting groups of operators on site just to walk through, you know, SOPs uh, that we were rolling out or different kind of layouts, or just organizing vendor lunches to have folks come into the office and look at how one of our vendors was presenting a type of training. But one thing that really struck me through that whole experience was that, you know, the most talented of our production technicians who were kind of like the assistant foreman that would run the day-to-day operations in their areas of the field, those folks were always the most interested and and eager to, you know, have more training and more resources uh, about their equipment so that they could get that out to their lease operators and just run their areas of the field more efficiently. And that was something I always helped out with, but didn't really think too much about. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, um, and I left Chesapeake in 2018 to go to Harvard Business School to get an MBA. And while I was there, I met my co-founder, Andrew Choi, uh, and he had come to business school really just with the idea of wanting to start a company in the energy and industrial space and kind of how that intersected with technology as well as uh, kind of blue collar workforce. And he'd also come from the energy industry. And and when we started comparing our shared experiences, 
you know, from my perspective out in the field, I knew that everybody there really did want better training. And from his experience coming from uh, more of a management consulting background in the energy space, he heard it from executives, managers, and in corporate settings also that training was extremely important, especially for uh, the folks executing out in the field. But when we started looking across companies at what resources were really available, especially at ENPs, what we found was that a lot of the best resources and training programs were really reserved for your engineers, your managers, just white collar employees that are in your corporate headquarters. Whereas the folks in the field often were, you know, just getting hands-on training, which is obviously super important. Vendor-led presentations, which super sporadic and hard to really formalize that, or just, you know, some online trainings that we started to see, which kind of left a little bit to be desired. They're the types of trainings where you kind of hit play, press mute, and then just, you know, go off and do your dishes while you're waiting for them to, to finish up so that you can check the box and, and kind of just move on. And so what we thought was, well, there's got to be an opportunity to improve training for uh, kind of your frontline field employees and, and just your, your overall field workforce. And so what we basically tried to do was put a platform together that would formalize field operations training, do very similar things to what I kind of experienced doing at Chesapeake, put that online, make it feel, you know, very relevant to what operators see in the field and, and actually design something that was uh, meant for a lease operator as the end user rather than, you know, an engineer that has lots of equations and, and kind of things that are probably irrelevant to when you're actually trying to operate equipment. And so that, that's how we got started. We started the company in mid-2019 um, and, and got our first customer at the end of the year. And, and we've kind of just kept building since then. So great. So I was fortunate enough, Vivek took some time yesterday to kind of walk me through the WellSight um, platform online. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned to him that one of the things that that struck me about that is, um, is how very user-friendly, how very easy it was to use. And in addition, that's combined with, well, I don't know, some very modern um, uh, visuals, if you will. So, you know, it's not just a, um, a picture and it's not just kind of a, um, a video of something. I mean, I think the animations that you have that actually show the inner workings of the vessels and the fluid flowing through the vessels, I, I think it was just like really fit for purpose, right? It wasn't too fancy, but it was more, I don't know, easier to follow, easier to understand than some of what you see of just a, a video or certainly of a picture. Um, so I think you, I want to applaud, you know, you and, and, and what you guys have done is that it seems very fit for purpose, which is, I think you, the point you make about sometimes we, my experience from a long, long time ago and your experience in the early teens kind of matching up, sometimes we, we give those frontline folks, they might get the hand-me-downs, if you will, Right the training has been put together for the engineers or the training has been put together. The vendor has done it to sell something, 
right? It's it's for, but there's nothing that was like tailor made for the guys and the girls at the front line who are actually trying to get these pieces of equipment to work more efficiently and effectively, if you will. So I was really impressed with that. Did did you just rely, you and uh, Andrew, did you just rely heavily on your own firsthand experience or did you work with some other folks about the ability to get this really kind of what I say fit for purpose? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Joanne. Uh, so a little bit of both. Um, uh, for our you know initial MVP or our minimum viable product, a lot of that came from our background and, and experience and, and trying to put something together that that we thought was was very fit for purpose. The uh, a big key for us was we actually worked for we worked with a lot of the folks at Harvard uh, who designed their online training courses about how to just develop a, uh, an engaging training program by mixing up the amount and types of content that you show. Because what we learned is that it's it's very hard for one person to stay focused on the same form of content, whether that's, you know, 15 minutes of videos uh, or just a voiceover or just reading a lot of text. And so the, the goal was to break up the types of content we display, whether that's animations, cutaways of equipment, text information, or uh, kind of games and interactive scenarios that we put on the platform in a way that as someone's going through it, they don't get bored by looking at the same thing kind of continuously, uh, but they are also constantly changing the types of work and, and types of exercises that they're going through. Once we got that initial product put together uh, and we got our first customer, which was Diamondback at the uh, end of 2019, early 2020, we actually worked with them to really build out the remainder of our content. And uh, they were in the process of trying to stand up a, a lease operator training program. And we just happened to, to you know, have a, a cold call to them where we were able to get in touch and, and they helped us kind of develop out the, the remainder of our initial training content uh, for our kind of core operations product, which was what we really uh, focused on when we, when we first got started. So did, did quite a bit of collaboration with folks in the industry kind of more academic folks on ways to present the content, as well as relying on a lot of our own past experience to, to build what we thought was fit for, for purpose as well. Right. Sounds like a great collaboration there. And um, I'm not surprised that you actually, you, we hadn't talked about this before, but I'm not surprised that you had some like, you know, really official, smart uh, education people or or learning people with some input because it comes across. I th- think it comes across in in the what you, the product. So I was very impressed with that. Um, and so, how important was it for you to have that first? Uh, first of all, it seems pretty quick. If you started all of this in kind of mid 2019, and in six months you had a a, a partner if you will, an, uh, a very important kind of actual customer kind of partner, I guess, is, is a better way of looking at that. How important was that? It, it was huge for us. Uh, yeah, so getting getting Diamondback to, to work with us was uh, really beneficial, and the timing especially was uh, especially great because, uh, you know, we started working with them at the beginning of 2020 and that really they really provided us with 
you know, an anchor customer that one, you know, proved to us that there was demand for the product and that we should really actively pursue it. But that was also right before COVID hit. And without that one customer, you know, I'm not sure how much momentum we would have been able to continue building on and how many more uh, customers we would have been able to really kind of pull through. So it was, it was really helpful for us. But in addition to that, they also just gave us kind of great feedback on uh, our core product and, and helped prove out the thesis because what we really focus on is, you know, the principles and processes of how all of these operational pieces of equipment work. The goal is to complement, you know, the hands-on training that folks get in the field. We kind of span from artificial lift to facilities to, to pipelines and everything in between. And what we are able to do was one kind of refine all of that content and make sure that it was, you know, really capable of being deployed across a wide range of, of shale operators, but also better understand the, the types of information that managers, supervisors really want to see that come out of the training platform. And that allowed us to kind of build the initial architecture for a lot of our dashboards, uh, reporting capabilities, and just overall functionality that, that folks want to see when they're deploying a, a training platform across their, across their companies. And so, um, so you, um, I, I'd like to, for you to uh, say a, a couple more words about what were, what, like when Diamondback said, oh yeah, let's go do this. It, it sounds like you said they were uh, bringing online some facilities perhaps. So I'm, I'm curious a little bit, when, what are you hearing from clients or folks? What is their measure of success? Is it a lot of new folks that they feel like they need to get trained up? Is it the, the recognition that there's, um, if, if folks had a little more information, they could be more efficient. What, what are people looking for when they, when they are training their frontline folks? Yeah, uh, it's a really important question, Joanne. Thanks for, for asking that one. So the in our minds, the kind of key value proposition that we provide to our customers, it's probably three main things. So one is we reduce training costs. And so there's two parts to that. One is, to your point, we reduce onboarding time for, for new employees because they can uh, run through our online content. A lot of times, especially you know even today, very inexperienced folks are hired into the oil field um, and, and have very little background. And so, you know, being able to cut the amount of time it takes to ramp them up uh, and do so without just saying, here's your truck, go and start running this route. of Go make miles. oil, go make exactly. oil. <laughs> uh, you know, that, so I think that's one big piece of, of reducing training costs for them. But then in addition to that, we also just reduce the amount of time that it takes for, you know, operators to have to drive to a, a central location to sit through a, a presentation or uh, to go to a, a vendor learning session when they can access their training just in time while they're sitting on site, maybe waiting for something to, to happen and work through a curriculum at their own pace. The, the second main uh, kind of benefit I think we provide companies is we deliver a formalized training program a, across their whole workforce. And so everybody gets the same resources on the same playing field. We can communicate out best practices, lessons learned from incidents, 
new initiatives, so new facility designs, things like that, in a, in a much easier way than saying, hey, everybody drive over to this pad that's all the way across the other side of, of your area and, and let's walk through how this equipment works, where whether they're paying attention or maybe you know don't have time to show up, it's just uh, a little bit logistically difficult. Whereas if you can put something like that online and, and use the internet to, to make it available to everyone, there's a, a huge benefit in that in, in our minds. And then the, the third main point is we're fully customizable. So both from a content perspective as well as from our reporting and analytics side of things. Uh, we work really hard to kind of plug into our customers in a way that works for them because the you know we're working with over 20 customers right now. Uh, so from the majors, so Chevron, BPX, to a lot of the large caps uh, like Pioneer, Cotera, Chesapeake, EQT, Civitas, uh, several others, as well as, you know, private independent companies like CrownQuest and, and a few other folks. And so each one of these companies is looking for something very different in what they want from a training program. And in some instances, it's, hey, we really just want your operations content, just what's off the shelf. And it's so much better than what we previously had. In other instances, it's we want you guys to kind of manage our, our full online training program we also have a HSC product uh, as well as air, um, kind of air emissions reduction or uh, emissions reduction product for um, a lot of these companies. And so in, in other instances, you know, we're, we're providing a number of products, a lot more customization for SOPs and, and major procedures that they're working on. And so what, what we try to do is just make sure that what we provide and the service we provide is really fit for purpose for the type of company that we're working for and their exact needs. Right. That, that, that looks like huge. I mean, you, you said a whole lot in those, those three points about, you know, what you guys are trying to do. Um, I, I have to believe this, you know, this, when you talk about it being customizable, it, how easy, I mean, is that, that, cause that's pretty big, right? If you can, uh, help someone who either has a particular piece of equipment and they'd like to, you know, leverage, you know, some of your capability around, um, you know, being able to understand and educating folks on that, or whether it's a new process or, you know, I even like you said, getting into the air and EHS. I mean, if they, you know, how long does it take for you guys to do that, to, to get some of that customization in place? Yeah, it's a, it depends on the the kind of ask by the the customer, but we you know we're pretty lean and, and work pretty fast, and so it, it hasn't been uh, really a huge kind of drain on on resources for us. But it still I think provides quite a bit of value for our customers because you know for the most part everyone uses very similar equipment, and uh, the across even the different basins a, a lot of the same issues are, are taking place. And so uh, I was actually on a call with one of our customers up in the Marcellus yesterday, and they're recently have been focused on rolling out a new piece of equipment that's part of an emissions reduction effort. And they were having some issues with this piece of equipment out in the field. And, and what we were able to offer them was a module over that, that exact piece of equipment that we had built for another one of our customers down in the Barnett that was effectively doing the exact same thing. And so what we see is just as we build new content, one, it's generally, uh, there's a lot of 
generalizable kind of takeaways that we can pull from various modules and, and be able to provide that to a number of our customers. So we obviously keep any specific company information private to that company. So they're the only ones that see it. But there's just so many of the of the same types of issues that these companies are, are facing across different basins that there's a lot of just synergies and, and ability to, to share best practices across various fields. I would think with, uh, I'm not going to get the name just right, but there's new you know, regulations that have been proposed, new rules uh, that have been proposed. I don't know. I think they may be out of comment. They're federal regulations, I think, and it has to do with reporting. So I think it came out of the maybe SEC. Am I saying anything that sounds familiar, Vivek, uh, about uh, the fact that we're, you know, that companies are going to be required in their 10Ks to report um, on emissions? So I suspect there's a whole lot of companies that are dealing with new uh, emissions um, monitoring equipment, um, and so I suspect that, like you said, that. You, you may not get that request from just one or two folks. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. With, you know, what we saw in 2020 and, and increasing in 21, as well as this year is ESG has just been such a huge focus for the entire industry. Um, obviously there's a lot of great new technologies that are coming out for methane detection, monitoring and, and uh, things like that. But in, you know, the way we think that we can also provide value is in addition to monitoring uh, emissions, there's a lot of impact that your lease operator can actually have on uh, a facility in, in order to lower methane emissions, whether that's, you know, having a better understanding of how their closed vent system works, um, uh, having a better kind of standard procedure for doing maintenance on their vent devices, thief hatches. Uh, pressure relief valves, things like that on their on their tanks, as well as just what the the impact of you know reductions of pneumatics uh, and and various aspects of troubleshooting to lower the amount of emissions coming out from various spots in your facilities are. And so our emissions control product is really focused on that. So we try to provide kind of a, a very high level overview of what key emissions regulations would be without it being, you know, a, a huge document that, that someone has to read through. And then we just focus on what the main emission sources are within a facility, what types of equipment uh, folks need to be cognizant of, and uh, then how to really troubleshoot and optimize their facilities to ensure that that's taking place. And part of the reason why we even built this out in the first place was uh, one of our customers had a, a flyover um, from the EPA and, and as part of uh, what the EPA found, they the company had to build out their own kind of emissions reduction training program and have all of their field employees work through that. And so we 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 saw that and and really just saw an opportunity to to build something out that again would ideally be very fit for purpose across these companies. And as we you know started having more and more conversations with what the key. Uh, I guess priorities were for production managers at our at our customers. It seemed like emissions was a big deal, so we we recently have started really rolling that product out across our, our customers as as well as to to new folks as well, and it it's been successful for us so far. Great, I I I bet it has, and 
I, I, I suspect that's not going to change uh, as I think the, you know, the, the requirements um, represent perhaps uh, uh, a, a slight change in focus or maybe not so slight change in focus on what it means to operate. Um, you know, and I can see, you know, I've been around in the oil and gas industry for gosh, 40 years now. And I can, you know, that was a, that's kind of a catch all term sometime, right? We have these people that we label lease operators and, and what it means to operate, I think has really, not only is there variation from company to company, obviously there's a lot of similarities as well, but it has evolved over time. Um, for what that actually means. And I think this latest evolution, which is very heavily um, on, on emissions and understanding, you know, what we're actually putting into the atmosphere while we're, you know, getting all of this very valuable, uh, you know, fuel, if you will, um, out is increasingly uh, important. Um, so excellent. I, I think that's, uh, I, I got to believe that's, that's very important uh, not only for you guys, but also from the folks that that are having to prepare um, so that they can stay in compliance with these all of these new regulations. So that's uh, you know good for you guys. I think that that sounds like a huge opportunity on both sides. And so, tell me a little bit when your customers uh, use this, how are they measuring? How are they measuring what they're the value that they're getting here, and who kind of in the company is 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 tracking that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's a number of different uh, folks that we work with at the companies, just because it's such a wide range of of types of companies. So in in some instances, you know, our our main customer really is a production manager or a, or a VP of operations. And in other instances, it's uh, someone who is more uh, involved with a corporate learning and development group uh, or even just a, an HR person that is responsible for tracking all corporate training. And so, you know, we, tr again, try to be as customized and, and fit for purpose on our reporting and, and analytics as well for each one of these folks. And we currently have 4,500 users on our platform across these companies. So it's, it's a lot of different people to, to keep track of. But generally what we uh, try to provide is, uh, you know, an overview of how all these users are performing on each one of these modules, which we uh, record through uh, an exam that they have to take after they've gone through our content. And one way that we kind of show the, the success of the program is before they actually take any of our courses, we have them go through it, what we call a, a pre-course assessment. And the idea with that is we basically take the same questions or, or similar types of questions that are in uh, the exams at the end of our modules and have folks go through them up front. And what we see is that for both new hires, but also even for folks with five to 10 years of experience, there's a significant increase in uh, just their overall knowledge and, and how well they score on the exams. And so what we've uh, kind of drawn from that is there's several knowledge gaps that really exist even as you kind of progress as uh, a field employee, lease operator. Um, and a lot of times it's not ever really closed or, or dealt with just because bad practices get passed down time after time. 
the way things are done or the way you're taught to do things. Uh, that's just how they've always done them. So there's no real reason to change. And so that's one kind of way that we measure success. We also just try to make our dashboards as customizable as possible. And so for the, the HR representative, they may want to have more control on assigning users to different courses, enrolling them, approving uh, scores after someone's gone through a module. Whereas in other cases, folks may want to just have better reporting and overviews of how different areas are comparing against each other. So different maybe foreman or superintendent areas are, are performing against each other. And what we've been able to do with just having so many people on our platform is gather quite a bit of data just on what the, the biggest knowledge gaps are in the industry. And so what we can do is, is actually benchmark our individual customers against their, their peer group, which is the, the 20 or so other customers that we work with. And so, you know, the folks over at Diamondback can take a look at how, you know, their uh, field staff does on artificial lift or, or rod lift compared to all the other operators that we have on the platform, or even if they want, you know, just all the other operators in, in the Permian. And so there's a, there's a lot of functionality that we try to provide. And, and we just, again, try to make it as customized to the, the user as, as possible. So great. Great. That's, uh, so I'm, I'm curious to kind of wrap up here. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, what, what has been one or a couple of the big learnings that you've had either about the challenges that, that, uh, companies and employees face or about starting, uh, uh, your own company versus working? What, what do, what have you learned, Vivek? Yeah, it's a great question, Joanne. I, I think I, I've given this one a, a little bit of thought, especially when I'm struggling to get someone's time <laughs> through an email or struggling to get someone pick up to pick up the phone. And, and I think there have been a, a few main learnings. So the probably the, the first one is just uh, how rewarding it is to kind of take the entrepreneurial path. I mean, the working at a big company like Chesapeake for, for several years, you're kind of doing the, the same thing or similar things on a, the day to day. And, and you do have some, some highs and lows when you, you know, get that 30,000 barrel a day facility running, or, uh, you know, you, you finish up a, a big project or, or things like that. But when you have so much skin in the game and, and the entire company kind of rides on how you execute, I just, you know, really enjoy the both the highs and and kind of the lows that you have to pick yourself up from as you're trying to trying to build and, and start a company and, and sustain it over the long term. So it, it's not all like fun and glamour. <laughs> it's uh, there. There definitely is fun. I don't know about glamour, but uh, yeah, it's it, it, the the challenge is just really exciting. And and you know what I think about a lot is. Every day when I wake up, I'm just super excited and, and very passionate and, and ready to kind of get to work. And if I'm not getting things done, it's almost like I, I feel, you know, like I'm just wasting time. Whereas when I'm at a company, if I'm just sort of, you know, taking some taking an hour to go uh, chit chat with someone in the break room, that's just, you know, that's just completely fine. But the 
just amount of drive that uh, you kind of have when you're doing a company for yourself, it's, it's just very different. So that's been probably the thing that I've enjoyed the most. What's been very challenging for us is just, you know, being in, uh, uh, I guess, a relatively uh, unsexy kind of less pri- lower priority uh, field, which is online training and oil and gas. <laughs> Those are probably a few sets of buzzwords that nobody thinks uh, of when they, you know, really want to hear about what you're, what you're going to, uh, be pitching to them. So a big challenge for us has just been getting, uh, folks on the phone. And so when, when COVID happened, you know, obviously was very terrible for so many reasons, but in, in our case, it actually was somewhat helpful in that managers and, and decision makers were willing to get on the, the phone with us, get on a team's call allow us to show them a demo of our content and, and really show them that there, there was value in, in what we provided rather than just, you know, hearing someone on the other side of the phone saying, Hey, we have another online training product for you. And, you know, them obviously just hanging up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, those have been kind of some of the, the major challenges uh, is just kind of being able to keep motivating yourself and, and also just getting, getting the time of day. But, a lot of that is is just having to hustle harder and keep reaching out to more folks and, and just not stopping until someone just <laughs> sometimes probably just feels bad for you <laughs> and takes your call and, and and then they're you know surprised pleasantly hopefully. Um, but well, you're probably not going to be surprised when I say that um, uh, my my guest last week. Whenever you, people our audience may not be listening to these consecutively, but uh, one of the 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 uh, 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 CEO and, and of, of, uh, reveal energy services. And, and, uh, they were in business for about six years. Uh, and then they sold to Kappa, but, uh, he was talking about the exact same thing. Uh, you know, that he had 20 years in the oil and gas industry with Schlumberger and all this experience. And then all of a sudden you get over on your own. And like you said, you can't, can't get anybody to pick up the phone. So I think this sounds like a common experience when you go out on your own. And that's a big challenge. Um, I, and I love your, your thought. You're probably right. No one has ever he- heard the words uh, online training and said, oh, oh, please, please, please sign me up, sign me up. I mean, maybe for some, but, but in general. And, but I think you guys guys could change that a little bit, Vivek, because people have this picture of what online training looks like. And it's like pictures of the actual hard copy page that's on a screen or something. Unfortunately, some of the training I think has been that rudimentary that we've asked folks to take. And that's not at all what I saw yesterday. Um, and so I think maybe you're changing the way people might look at online training. <laughs> and so I think that's a great thing. Yeah, we we definitely hope so. And I think, you know, one one point we really try to, to stress is that, uh, you know, online training doesn't have to be boring and, and the types that you just really want to use to check the box. So, you know, employees, at least the feedback we often get from some very experienced superintendents that have been in the industry for a long time is, you know, this is the, the best training that they've ever seen. And, and those are the types of those are the days that, you know, you, you feel really proud for mm. about what you're doing because mm. you know that you're getting honest feedback from folks that have, have really been around for, for quite some time. But, but the other point is just, 
you know, a lot of times I think companies think that standing up uh, a field ops training program has to be this super expensive project uh, where it's uh, involves a lot of different employees and takes up a lot of folks' times and you have to build out really fancy technology internally. And in, in a lot of cases, that's just uh, not really what is exactly needed in the field. And so, you know, in our case, folks can outsource a lot of that to us and, and we can kind of really help drive a lot of those processes and programs within their companies without them having to launch a major initiative and it ending up kind of in that, uh, I think initiative graveyard is, is what was mentioned yeah. on one of your other shows by, by Bob Palermo. So we, we really try to not let that happen just by, uh, you know, really driving the, the launch and the implementation and the continued monitoring and success of, of our training program. Great. Great. Well, listen, Vivek, thank you so much. This is, um, I, you and I've talked about this, but you know, I'm an engineer and I did engineering, but I spent more than half of my career in operations management. And, uh, I, I kind of love that. And so, uh, the, you know, it's really easy to recognize how very important, uh, it is to equip and, uh, you know, kind of make sure that our folks that are out there on the front line, which I always like to say is where the money is made and where the money is spent. Absolutely. The time. So, uh, it's great to give them what they need and, and I think empower them a little bit. I always found that very exciting. So, uh, congratulations and, uh, on the great success. It sounds like you guys are having, uh, thank you so much for being here as a guest. Thank you so much for having us, Joanne. Really appreciated it. And uh, yeah, excited to, to keep listening to the show. Yeah, well, please do. And uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up. And again, um, this is the Oil & Gas Global Network's Digital Doers podcast. And again, we want to thank HPE.com that uh, allows us to our HPE. And you can take a look at them on HPE.com. But we want to thank them uh because of them, we have an opportunity to have conversations with, with people like Vivek. So with that, we'll sign off and hopefully we'll see you again uh, in a future Oil & Gas Global Network's Digital Doers podcast. Bye-bye. Come back next week for another venture into the real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry. A production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.